and one of those old Victorian three-story apartment buildings and going up to see a woman whose name out she's passed away but won't mention her name now and stand in that rotunda, that, that part that stuck out around the building, and she say, Joey, I know. I know what's going on. They all plan it downstairs. I can hear them, but I'm afraid to tell anybody. I'm afraid to tell anybody. The gangs. And so I got her so that I got a phone number for the local cops. She'd call. They promised not to identify her because they knew there'd be retribution. And the crime rate began to drop for real, not a joke. You got to know people. You got to know when you. You're listening to Tap into the Truth. My name's Joe Biden. All of this, as more than half of Americans think President Biden will go down as one of the worst presidents in American history. I keep forgetting I'm president. Damn you, when. 
Hello and welcome to today's broadcast of Tapping to the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you as always, I am your ever so humble and mostly peaceful host, Tim Tap, coming to you live from historic Rome County, Tennessee, and got a just jam-packed show for you today. So, uh, Going to need to just kind of jump into things, but uh, first, here in the first hour, we're going to have a uh, uh, couple of news stories, and I'm going to try to get a couple, uh, definitely at least one, going to try to get two. Uh, then we're going to play for you a recent conversation I had with Jeff Bermant. Uh, Jeff Bermant, of course, is the founder of this great brand new big tech item that every conservative needs to know about. We're talking about Tusk. It is a brand new web browser. It has a news aggregate portion, and they're in the process of building a search engine to go with it. Uh, we'll play that conversation. And then the second hour tonight is going to be dominated by the remainder of the Sunday afternoon conversation that I had with Ron Edwards this past Sunday. It was so in-depth, and we got into so many different things that I literally didn't have enough room to fit it into the one show. And I still have enough material to uh, cover most of that hour. So anyway, what do you say we go ahead and get started, shall we? After all, never going to get where I'm trying to get to if I don't. Uh, first story right off the top of the line, uh, going to be some good news for a change. A bit of a major victory, in fact. It uh, turns out that a federal court of appeals has blocked Joe Biden's effort to force doctors to perform gender transition surgeries and abortions. That's right. Uh, the federal government wanted to push, force, make medical professionals perform these well, I'll just say atrocious actions because uh, FCC regulations would not allow me to actually say what I really feel about it. But anyway, a federal court of appeals blocked the Biden administration's rule that would have required Christian medical facilities to provide gender transition surgeries and abortions. A three-judge panel in the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit. So again, that Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals, uh, thank you, uh, the orange man who's bad, because you've got some judges and justices on that court now that actually believes in rule of law and the Constitution and not just left-wing activism. So uh, thank goodness there. Anyway, the uh, Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals released a unanimous decision on Friday uh, in the case of Franciscan Alliance Incorporated versus Xavier Becerra, uh, upholding a lower court's already uh, permanent injunction against the mandate from the Department of Health and Human Services. Just a few months ago, HHS issued a uh, 2022 notice which warned covered entities like Franciscan Alliance that refusing to offer gender reassignment surgeries violates Section 1557. Uh, this according to Circuit Judge Don Willett. Uh, HHS has also repeatedly refused to disavow enforcement against Franciscan Alliance. In its brief on appeal, HHS simply says it has not to date evaluated whether it will enforce Section 1557 against Franciscan Alliance. In other words, it concedes 
that it might. Beckett, the legal firm representing the case, uh, celebrated the victory in a statement that was released this past Friday, saying, quote, this ruling is a major victory for conscientious rights and compassionate medical care in America. So, uh, yeah, uh, Joseph Davis absolutely uh, spot on with that. He, of course, was the counsel at Beckett that uh, was making this statement. Doctors cannot do their jobs and comply with the Hippocratic Oath if the government requires them to perform harmful, irreversible procedures against their conscience and medical expertise. Franciscan Alliance, the Catholic Healthcare Network in Indiana and Illinois involved in the case, along with the Christian Medical and Dental Association, and their 19,000 or so members served as the plaintiffs to stop the Biden administration's HHS effort. Uh, quoting here, uh, Davis continuing, For years, our clients have provided excellent medical care to all patients who need it. Today's ruling ensures that these doctors and hospitals may continue to do this critical crucial work in accordance with their conscience and professional medical judgment. Now, the HHS issued new guidance in March that declared federally funded covered entities uh, restricting an individual's ability to receive medically necessary care, including gender-affirming care, uh, from their health care providers solely on the basis of their sex assigned at birth or gender identity, likely violates Section 1557 of the Affordable Care Act. You remember Obamacare? Yeah, that's what they're talking about. Anyway, an appeals court sided with the plaintiffs who expressed concern over the mandate's conflict with religious liberty. Uh, uh, can I get an amen right there? The ruling in the Fifth Circuit Court only applies to the plaintiffs in this particular case, so they made the decision on a very narrow basis. The win, however, is considered a nationwide win. Uh, in the battle for faith protections against those who hold religious objections to gender transition surgery or abortion procedures. Uh, Dr. Mike Chubb, chief executive of the Christian Medical and Dental Association, speaking to the Associated Press, said that the victory in the Texas court would allow for judgments based on sound medical advice. Uh, saying, quote, this victory in Texas against government coercion means healthcare professionals can continue to exercise medical judgment and ethical care based upon sound medical evidence and Hippocratic standards of patient care instead of any ideology. So yeah, big win and glad to see the courts, especially anybody affiliated with the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals, standing up and saying, uh, we're not going to let you just ignore the Constitution anymore. We're not going to let you just run roughshod and force your blatant uh, biased ideologies down on people that's causing harm to individuals, irreparable harm in uh, cases of both the murder of preborn baby humans as well as these gender transitioning, especially for the minors that they're still trying to push. 
I would love to get a good explanation, though, how you can stand back and, with this guidance that was released by HHS, literally trying to say that uh, medically necessary care and gender-affirming care fall under the same category because it's an elective surgery. It's not any different than most plastic surgeries with the exemption that you are truly mutilating your body. You're not doing anything to make it any better. And uh, even those folks that have these gender-affirming surgeries, more often than not, even the ones that are happy immediately after, they don't tend to stay happy for very long. It's unfortunate, uh, but it is the reality. Now, do I have enough time to sneak this other story in? Because for every good news story, uh, there's a bad news story. Uh, so let me see if I can't sneak this one in, and we may cut it a little short. But uh, over in California, uh, they're obviously pushing in the other direction. The California State Senate passed a bill allowing trained nurses to perform the to perform to perform the murder of preborn baby humans without a doctor being present, which is literally the opposite of the direction that most states went into uh, as they were trying to recognize the fact that there are certain medical issues that arise during an effort to terminate a pregnancy that requires uh, surgical intervention. Now, on Tuesday of this week, the California State Senate passed a measure permitting specially trained nurse practitioners to perform abortions without the supervision of a doctor. Now, clearly, it was not legal before this. The legislation, known as SB 1375, would allow nurse practitioners who have undergone specific training to perform abortions by aspiration techniques that would allow in the state without being supervised by a surgeon or uh, a attending physician. An aspiration abortion, by the way, uh, is also known as the machine vacuum aspiration, during which the physician uses a vacuum to remove the contents of a pregnant woman's uterus, thus removing a preborn baby human from the female's body with a suction device. Just a big vacuum they stick up in there. Anyway, the procedure can take around three hours to complete if the woman is between four and ten weeks pregnant. But if she's further along, the procedure could be longer. Or she might need to come back to the doctor's office multiple times. This according to UCSF Health. Uh, the site also noted that most people who go through the procedure take medication for anxiety. Uh, manual vacuum aspiration is another form of abortion performed in early pregnancy. In the procedure, a syringe is used as the suction device. Uh, quoting here, as judges and lawmakers across the country continue to throw pregnant women into impossible and perilous positions. <laughs> You're talking about pregnant women and using the word positions? Really? Really, uh, Tony? Anyway, uh, back to the quote. I am proud that California is resolutely moving in the opposite direction. This, of course, was Senate President Pro Temp 
Tony Atkins. Uh, back to quoting, abortion is health care, period. Uh, exclamation point. Ampersand. Las mm, Lapina. Carrot emoji. Poop emoji. I'm sorry, but if you're going to say period after that, you're a moron. So who knows what's going to happen after that? Abortion is health care? Uh, how so? Please explain. And stop using left speak. Stop using modern language speak and use actual English language with the meanings of the words as they actually are meant in the English language. Abortion is literally the opposite of health care. It is the ending of a life. That you can put a period at the end of. Anyway, I, sometimes it's very difficult for me to just quote some of these lefties, but let me restart this particular quote. Remember, this is not me saying it. This is Tony Atkins of California. Abortion is health care, period. And like other medical decisions, it is a private conversation between patients and their health care providers. Well, where were you at, Tony, when everybody was being forced to take the jab? Shouldn't that be a private conversation between the patient and their health care provider? Shouldn't that be... Anyway, back to the quote. I told you, I have a hard time with some of these folks. Imagine some lefty from California. Am I going to be able to get through one of their quotes without interjecting? So far, I'm on, not even through half of it. Sorry. Anyway, continuing the quote. By expanding the numbers of nurse practitioners who can perform first trimester abortions, SB 1375 would give more people the ability to get the timely, essential care they need from a provider they know and trust. Atkins also added, quote, We need to do everything we can to ensure abortion care is not only protected, but expanded in California. Yeah, we can't kill enough babies, yo. There's, there's just too many of them babies that might be born. We can't kill enough of them. We've got to expand it. Anyway, the measure now heads to Governor Gavin Newsom's desk for a signature, which he is anxiously awaiting to put his signature on in multiple places, just to make sure that, you know, he's just excited, almost as excited as Tony, about killing more pre-born baby humans. Bill's also intended to create more positions for people to carry out abortions. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't get it. California is expected to receive more women from outside of the state whose home states respect, restrict the procedure. California, back to a quote, California is facing a serious doctor shortage that is only anticipated to worsen over the next 10 years. Yeah, okay, so why do you think that is? Uh, Gavin, Tony, maybe we could talk for just a second about why there seems to be a shortage of positions popping up. Could it be because you guys are trying to force these medical professionals into doing things that they don't feel comfortable doing? Could it be because you're trying to turn them into slaves for the state by turning all health care into a right, therefore requiring them to perform their functions based on what the state demands. Could it be a combination of things? Because after all, it seems like there's a combination of things going on here. So, Texas courtroom, but part of the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals, they bring down some good news, saying religious liberty is something that cannot be ignored. Uh, 
You can't just force doctors into performing gender reassignments. You can't just force doctors into performing abortions. You have to be willing to let Christian-based organizations operate as if they're Christian-based organizations. Thank goodness that the common sense is there. But this California thing, we know things are going to play out a certain way in California. It's not surprising. But uh, that is your good news, bad news uh, for the day. Now, I'm uh, going to take a quick break, and then on the other side of the break, we're going to bring you that conversation with my first hour guest. Now, meanwhile, don't go anywhere. I will be right back. And hey, in honor of California... You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. Across the border late at night He sneaks into America Dodging dogs and big searchlights They snuck into America If you have patriotic leanings and oppose the current abusive and socialist tendencies of the rogue federal government, what's going to happen when they come for you? Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook being brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. It doesn't matter if you are a former president, a good police officer, a media truth teller, or Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene. The Biden administration's FBI government bullies may pay an unfriendly visit to your residence for a raid. Just recently, FBI bullies raided Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene's Florida residence, not because of anything illegal or traitorous like the Biden regime, but because she has led GOP criticism of federal law enforcement, especially after the unannounced search of Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate in Florida. Representative Green understands the nature of the globalist leftist persuasion of the FBI, CIA, NSA, Alphabet, Soup, intelligence agencies. They are all corrupt, self-serving, and above all, anti-American. The Founding Fathers plainly stated only a good moral society will remain a free society that keeps government in check. Hopefully, for our own good, we will soon restore morality. If not, forget about it. I'm Rod Edwards. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. I, I do not view abortion as a, uh, um, as a choice and a right. I think it's always a tragedy. And I think that uh, it should be uh, rare and safe. And I think we should be focusing on how to limit the number of abortions. 
Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acetic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to theronedwards.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the RE20 promo code and you will receive a 20% discount. Remember, Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. Here's the thing. People think that the President of the United States has the power for debt forgiveness. He does not. He can postpone. He can delay. But he does not have that power. That would that has to be an act of Congress. But the, the difference between the president do, president can't do it. So that's not even a discussion. Walk to eighteen. Let me eat a bill bar. Let me eat a bill bar. Let me eat a bill bar. to the truth. My name's Joe Biden. I'm Jill Biden's husband. Thank you. Thank you, George. Just when I came to the United States Senate 120 years ago. forgetting our president. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for staying with me through that very brief break. And it is uh, my distinct honor and pleasure to welcome to the show a new first-time guest. He right now will tell you the most important thing that he's got going on is being the founder of Tusk which if you haven't heard, uh, first of all, shame on you because you guys are all conservatives and you need to know about these things. Tusk is a first and currently only freedom-first web browser. And given where big tech is at right now, that's very important for all of us. Uh, Mr. Jeff Bermont, uh, he is a great patriot. He's an all-around interesting person, quite honestly. And uh, we're going to jump right in with that conversation. So first and foremost, uh, let me welcome you to the show, Jeff. Thank you so much for uh, joining us this evening. And uh, how are you today? 
Well, I am fine. And Tim, this is a pleasure to, to be on your show and talk a little bit about uh, current events and why, uh, why do you build a browser? Why do you, why are you going to build a search engine? Why is all that necessary? And, um, I hope we get into that. And, uh, my story is uh, just real quick. I was uh, so everybody can get a good laugh out of this. I was recruited at USC to be University of Southern California to be a star tennis player. I ended up as their greatest bench sitter of all time. So that's my uh, my tennis background. Uh, <laughs> that's my claim to fame. Is I was a great bench sitter. Well, uh, that's uh, just a small part. And in fact, I find it really interesting. Uh, definitely before we get into current topics, I do want to talk a little bit about your background because having uh, done a little uh, prep work and uh, seen some of your uh, recent conversations, I'm certain that you're probably getting to the point where you're just about tired of talking to so many people and telling the, the same information. But just in case somebody hasn't heard it, I really need to know how it is that you go from being a U.S. history uh, major at USC to somebody that becomes one of the most successful real estate development folks in Santa Barbara, California, which is a tough place, uh, not as crazy and tough as it is now, but still it's never been friendly for uh, real estate development. Uh, how you go from there being successful there and then end up uh, working uh, to build tech platforms? So uh, that's a great question. I'm not sure, you know, I should go to a psychiatrist. Uh, office and sit down there for about three years and explain how I got from uh, re doing real estate uh, into uh, tech. But I can tell you the, the quick story is uh, I was lucky enough when I got out of USC and I, I realized I was not going to be the great pro tennis player I wanted to be. I got lucky enough to go to work for Bob Selleck, Tom Selleck's dad. Uh, who we all know is a movie star, and and Bob was a fabulous. He worked for Cobalt Banker when it was uh, before it was CBRE, and I was just lucky enough to be a student of his, um, learn the real estate trade, learn how to you know do honest deals, uh, be forthright with people, and then I went on to building my own real estate company, which isn't unusual out of Cobalt Banker. A lot of us went on to building real estate. And I did that successfully uh, in probably the toughest market in America. Maybe Aspen is just as tough, but Santa Barbara is uh, is no easy path and was very successful. And, and basically, I always work with people. I always tried to find out how we could help the community at the same time build. And what we built was uh, flex space for, for technology and uh, how we did some home building. Uh, and um, But mostly... Uh, tech space and and that kind of got me into thinking about what's wrong with the internet and that might have been my biggest mistake but um, there are lots of things wrong with the internet as you know right. <laughs> so uh, but but here I am and as as an American and a, and this I was wondering what my U.S. history would would where that would take me and where it's taken me is the being a patriot and feeling like. Um, we're underserved and the conservatives, moderates and conservatives are no longer being heard. And, you know, just pick up the paper every day and see the censoring going on. And I said enough that I'll take my own money and start building something that hopefully uh, will preserve our freedoms. All right. 
mean, I, there's absolutely no doubt at this point in time, it's been made clear, we have to have parallels in everything. We need parallel tech platforms, we need parallel economies, we need to have ways to continue to to interact with one another, and it's getting harder and harder to find that. Because for the longest time, we were told by the folks on the left that were controlling the tech, it's like, okay, well, there's room here for you, just follow our rules. And then they would never make everyone else follow the rules, and they'd keep changing the rules. So then it became, well, if you don't like it, go build your own. And so then Parler steps up, and they try to build their own, and Big Tech smacks them down and tries to crush them. And uh, fortunately, they're back, but they've never quite had that same clicks, that same level of success that they did before uh, they were smacked down by Amazon Web Services. And we continue to see this need that they don't like it when we build their own. They don't like it when we have our own space. They want us to just sit down, shut up, and be quiet. Uh, we can't do that, especially if we're going to preserve any type of liberty for the next generation. And, and they build all this stuff on the backs of those who have fought for liberty and who stand up for free speech and freedom of expression. And they claim to honor these, but everything they do shows that they absolutely do not. Um, it, what was the triggering point for you specifically, though? Because uh, clearly nobody goes from, okay, well, yeah, I see a problem here to just suddenly saying, now something's got to be done. There's usually a triggering point. Yeah, for me, without a doubt. And I've been building, uh, I'm not new to the browser world. I've been building browsers for the last 10 or 12 years. We've built one of the first most private uh, browsers, secure browsers, uh, called Cocoon. And then realized it was really a year ago or a couple of years ago when the Biden story broke. I think that's what broke the dam for me when I realized that this was not, uh, you know, it was real information. And really, the Biden story was happening. And here came 52. I'm still crying over this 52, quote unquote, independent uh, Intel guys telling us that this was misinformation when clearly they were. They were politicking, uh, and they were disservice to this country in election. And this is what's got me really angry and upset. And I don't feel that we can allow this to keep on going. Where they're, I mean, Zuckerberg made it really clear the other day, and you just look at the headlines. Uh, the government had their hand uh, in this in this election, and the government has no business being in our elections. Yeah, the government has no business telling private business what to do anyway. Uh, I think folks like Zuckerberg uh, kind of like it. They would rather the government tell uh, them what it is they want them to do so they can just sit back, do it, and not worry about uh, the real possibility of them stepping up and cracking down on them. Uh, because the worst thing that could happen to somebody like, uh, to a company like Facebook is for them to lose that competitive advantage they have of having the majority of market share. They're already struggling to try and maintain eyes on the platform as it is. Uh, plenty of competition from uh, uh, places like TikTok. Uh, which is where all the young folks go. You, you watch where the younger kids are going. That's where the social media platforms are going to stay hot. Uh, but we have seen emerging platforms designed specifically for conservatives, folks like Clout Hub, uh, Parler, Truth Social. Uh, these places have uh, really shot up here recently. Some 
uh, aren't just exclusively for conservatives, but try to be true free speech locations like Gab and Spreely. And of course, the big boys in tech, they like to try and cast off and say, well, that's where all the neo-Nazis are and all that stuff, because uh, they just they won't uh, censor the speech. Uh, what is it exactly just for the folks that are still a little uh, less than tech savvy? What is the difference between a web browser and a search engine, which I know you're working on building the search engine. I know you've got a news aggregate section that you're uh, doing that's very unique, and I want to touch on that too. But what's the difference between a web browser and search engines and things of that nature? Uh, Tim, great question. So uh, a lot of people are confused by this. There's there's actually two elements in a, I'll say, in a browser and a search. There's the search engine, which... I'll take an example is Google, where you can put in, type in something, and you'll get search results. When you go to that site, that's where your browser comes in. So the browser will either encrypt you or not encrypt you. We encrypt you so no one else can see where you're going to that website. And so that's the technical difference. Now, as I said, a lot of people think they're the same thing. They're actually different. So part one for us was to build the browser, which, as you mentioned, we'll get into about the aggregate of conservative news. And then the big, I'd say the big uh, cojona is to build the, um, the search engine. And that's going to take a lot of money and a year or so to build. And if we get started soon, we can have this ready for the next election so that you don't end up typing into Google search results on the Biden story and all you get is liberal spin. Maybe you get one Fox News element, but that's it. And I just think it's wrong. I think we need to change that. I'm, I want to be on the forefront of changing so that at least it's fair. And I don't see the search engines deciding at this point that they want to be fair or they want to play fair. They have the, the field, the entire field, and they plan to keep it that way, I think. Yeah, I think what's most interesting that uh, not very many people talk about is there's a lot of focus put on the social media aspects of it. We know what Facebook did, especially with Zuckerberg's admissions just the other day. We know what Twitter did. But a lot of people still don't realize how hard it is to get a legitimate uh, search from one of these search engines where it's not so heavily weighted against what you're looking for. If you were looking to try to find a past broadcast of my show, if you don't have the exact web address, it's going to take you some time to find me because you're going to have to go through so many different pages and they're going to assume that you've misspelled something because uh, my last name is TAP, which is T-A-P-P. So the title of the show is TAP Into the Truth. And so they try to do the autocorrect too. And part of that's trying to make sure that you do not find me. Uh, so, you know, it is so heavily weighted. Yeah, no, I, 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 I certainly, yeah, no, no doubt it is heavily weighted. Uh, and it's really the last frontier of we've done some of the social, so that's great. We're competing against Facebook. And I hate to have parallel. Listen, I, I absolutely hate having parallel um, universes here. I, I, but I don't, unless we do something, unless we take the bull by the horns, we're going to be stuck with search that's always going to be to the left. It's not going to tell you truthful stories. It's going to tell you the left stories. And as you know, politically, a lot of companies, uh, CNN, I, I can go through a ton of them, will not give you a truthful story. Uh, MSNBC, I watch it occasionally, 
and I'm always shocked by what they have to say. It's, uh, it's a lot of this is the furthest from the truth, but this is how they stay in power. They, this is a new way that, that the progressives feel they have to control everything. And it's, it's very unsettling to me. Uh, it should be to everybody. And unfortunately, a lot of folks have no idea how heavily this is weighted unless you get a chance to take a look. Uh, I knew I had some conversations uh, away from the show with folks that were Biden voters, and they had not even heard about the Hunter Biden laptop story because none of the news sources that they actually pay attention to pointed out. And of course, they didn't see it on Twitter. And so they had no idea. And when I first told them about it, they thought I was lying. I literally had to dig up the news articles and I had to go to an alternate browser then to get it to come up uh, easy enough that uh, they could see it and read it and not be uh, filtered out on the social media platforms. I had to send it to them directly. Uh, So there is that. Mention the news aggregate on uh, Tusk. You guys are doing something uh, very unique. Uh, You actually let the users pick what their news sources are. Uh, you, you have a set where you start, and then you uh, have uh, the ability for the users to, to decide for themselves what they want to uh, look at as far as a news source. Exactly. And, and, and I did that on purpose for freedom of speech. I'm a big believer in, uh, actually, I, I admire Elon Musk probably more than most people do because, uh, you know, he, he's probably middle of the road, but he understands freedom of speech. And what what we're losing is that right to see what you want to see, to read what you want to see. It doesn't mean that you don't want to go read what the left has to say. I sometimes like to hear their, their point of view, but it's being lost. And so the, the news aggregate and then the easy to use links are there and you can always change them. If you want, when we build our search engine, you'll be able to change your perspective. If you want to see the conservative perspective, you'll be able to see that. If you want a liberal perspective, we're happy to show you that. We want it to be what you want to see, but but we're 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 very very afraid of the censorship that's going on. And unless, unfortunately, you know, I don't really want to build this, but but I don't I I feel like if somebody doesn't take the bull by the horns and start doing this, we've got a big problem, and they're going to steal our elections. Uh, they've already, I don't know if you want to say they stole the last election, but I can tell you that they put their thumb on the scale when they um, when they hid the, the Biden story. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, I've got one more question before we transition to topics of the day, uh, and that being with all of the less than fair practices that big tech has, what type of defenses does Tusk have to prevent these other big boys, the tech titans, from finding a way to, to try and crush you? Well, first of all, um, they're going to need, we're going to be switching over from uh, from our, our current um, uh, provider, cloud provider, to a much more friendly one, conservative. Uh, and so they'll have to turn off, they'll just have to come and turn off the electricity. I mean, that's of everybody. Uh, in order to shut it down. So we won't make a fatal mistake like in the past, uh, which was, uh, and the second thing is to remember is we're not a back and forth, an argumentative site. We are here to, to serve 
up the news as well as to serve up the search to give you a fair search. And I'm not sure they would come after a fair search. Um, but if they do, we're prepared to make sure that we don't go down. Well, you see, the, the, the problem there is, and I've stopped making assumptions, if something is actually fair, they tend to call that unfair and probably racist and bigoted, too. So <laughs> it would not surprise me if somebody uh, didn't decide, hey, we just want to turn you off. All right. There's there's two. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, that wouldn't surprise me that they would try, but we'll do our best to stay up and be running and I think we're smart enough. We've been in tech for, we won't make the same mistake that Pollard made. Uh, we're, we're seasoned guys. So this is not, as you say, this is not our first radio rodeo and we're, we'll protect uh, the site as well as we can. All right. So uh, two relatively big news stories when it comes to tech that uh, I know you've been kind of vocal about. Uh, first, uh, both of them involving Facebook, strangely enough. Uh, first, uh, Facebook reiterated their intention to continue the apparent quasi-permanent ban of Donald Trump on the platform. I don't think Trump's interested in doing anything other than true social anymore, but it, it is kind of annoying for those of us that are still on Facebook that like to share Trump stories. And then, of course, Zuckerberg's admission uh, that the FBI showed up and that they tried to work with them, and basically it was... Uh, the federal government doing their workaround to try and squash free speech. Love to get your thoughts on both those. Well, first on the on the first thing about the left will continue to censor. I, I don't care if Zuckerberg comes out and admits it or not. They're going to continue. Twitter is going to continue. They're going to make it worse. And so that's the reason why companies like myself are born is because we need to fight this. And and, and, and the only way this really works, Tim, is that people come on our site uh, and they, you know, they, they start using us. Uh, we start building out the search engine. We can have our own economy. And, and there's 75, 80 million people in America. And there's hundreds of millions of people around the world that would appreciate a free speech browser and search engine. So that's number one. Number two, the, the disinformation. I really can't think of a other than outrightly stealing an election, I can't think of a worse thing to have heard when Zuckerberg said that the FBI sort of nudged him to be aware of disinformation. And obviously what played before that was, quote unquote, the 52 experts from the intel community that were, in my opinion, Democratic operatives to lie about something like this and then to, to, to uh, censor the post. And then Facebook, I never saw anything on Facebook about the uh, Biden laptop. So as far as I was concerned, uh, it was potentially censored or, or pushed out or ghosted. I, I just think I can't think of anything worse for America than to have this kind of control. It reminds me so much of uh, I'm a major U.S. major history major. So I know all about the World War Two. And seeing what happened in World War II, where you were, you know, first it was your voice that was forced out. Then what after that? When are they going to turn off our cars if we disagree with them because they control the electricity in the cars? I mean, what's next? But we have to fight back. Yeah, yeah it is uh, 
this is one of the few topics where I occasionally find myself flustered enough to be speechless, which is not great for a talk uh, a talk show host. But uh, it, it, it is such a big issue, and yet it's so easily uh, brushed aside. It feels like whatever's happening online doesn't really matter. But we really are at a point where it kind of does. It is the new town square. I used to be one of these folks that was on board with the idea of, okay, Facebook's a private company. Let them do what they're going to do. YouTube's a private company. They want to make these stupid rules. I just, uh, I'll wait for Rumble to come along and thankfully it did. But I then turn around and see places like Twitter and Facebook that have essentially become the town square. And the rules are different when you are the town square and should be different when you actively tried to become that. If it just happened on its own and you're like, oh, no, that was never our intention. Okay, fair enough. But that's what Twitter wants to be, which is why they have so many bots and fake accounts. They're trying to pretend like they're so much bigger and more important than they are. But at the uh, the end of all of this, Uh, It all comes down to our ability to connect with one another and our ability to find out the truth. Uh, There's just nothing more important than that. And even just saying the truth, like there is one objective truth, is considered to be naughty talk, and I'd probably get banned from Twitter for a week if they heard me say that. So uh, I appreciate the effort and what you're doing. Uh, I'm glad that you've answered that clarion call to, to, to step up and do your part, uh, because uh, as the old saying goes, if not us, then who? Uh, you've answered that. It will be you. So uh, let the listeners know real quick before we start saying our goodbyes, though, if somebody has for the first time heard about Tusk uh, during this broadcast, how do they go get Tusk? And if you share any other websites or if you uh, invite people to follow you on social media. Feel free to share that as well. I don't have people follow me on social media because I'm not, I'm not really a social animal. I'm a technologist turned real estate guy, technologist. And I'm really interested in, uh, in, in really getting Tusk out. Maybe I should be more social. So you can get Tusk at tuskbrowser.com. And you could also go to the uh, Android store the, uh, and the uh, iOS Apple store, and you can download it there. Uh, it's easy to download. Just remember, search has not been built yet. So please excuse if you get liberal leanings on our search. We're doing our best to get something built, uh, but it's going to take a year or so to, to actually raise the money and and build. And if you're interested in, in participating, we will have a crowdfunding event coming up at one of the crowdfunders, um, because I believe that every should, everybody should get a chance to participate in this. And to, from the smallest guy who wants to put in a hundred or $200, and maybe it turns into $5,000, I would be pleased. Uh, and so I'm not for just getting giant investors and nobody else gets a chance. I actually like having lots of people be our partner. So just keep that in mind. I'm not here to pitch the, you know, the, the crowdfunding, but I am here to pitch Tusk as a serious player and something that we should be paying attention to because otherwise we're going to lose our rights. All right. Absolutely. And uh, I certainly respect all that. I am curious though, are you still weighing your options on what crowdfunding platforms you want to use or have you made a decision? Cause I 
have a, a a small relationship with Start Engine, and and I I don't know if you've looked at them or not, but I'd recommend at least taking a look at them if you haven't already made up your mind. I've I've talked to them. Um, I'm leaning towards WeFunder only because we started a raise on WeFunder on one of the other products. We're easily able to switch over to uh, the the to Tusk browser, so I haven't finalized it yet. But I'm leaning towards the WeFunder. But anybody interested, just you know, look out in WeFunder, um, and uh, we're going to give everybody a chance. I hope to uh, to invest a little bit of money. I don't want a lot of money. I don't want people to make giant risks here. But okay. if you have an interest and you want to get on board and help us, you know, happy to have you. All right. Well, again, thank you uh, so much for your time. I greatly appreciate it, sir. Best of luck as you build this up. Uh, we desperately need it. And uh, Godspeed to you, sir. Thank you, Tim. I really appreciate being on. And thank you to all your listeners. All right. And that was my conversation earlier with Jeff Bermantz. Uh And, uh, you know, I'm taking a look at Tusk and then looking at... Uh, at his bio, uh, listening to some of the things that he said in some of his other uh, interviews recently as he's been promoting Tusk, uh, I find him to be an incredibly interesting person that seems to be an honest-to-goodness, just genuine American patriot who loves the country and who sees the current situation for what it is, uh, early efforts at forcing fascism down our throats. Uh, the left keeps screaming, no, nah, fascism, fascism, the whole time they're being fascist. Uh, somebody needs to teach them the definition of the word, I think, but uh, I don't know if it would be worthwhile. But yeah, I definitely uh, recommend you uh, check out Tusk uh, as your web browser. Take a look at it. Uh, as he said, it is available for both uh, Android and Apple uh, products and it is available for desktops as well so get your desktop get your laptop whatever you need to do um, you know when you talk about web browsers I, I'm kind of partial to Brave uh, partially because uh, it does have a little bit more elevated level of privacy but also because if you spend enough time on there uh, you can earn crypto by doing searches and you can select the rewards program and every so often a little ad will pop up and you can select whether or not you want to look at the ad. And, and the more of those ads you look at, uh, the more crypto you earn. It's uh, BAT, basic attention tokens, uh, which, you know, not one of the most valuable cryptos out there. But if you do what I do with crypto, you'll build up so much and then transition it into wallet, move it over to Coinbase, and then once it's up on Coinbase, uh, I will then convert it to one of the cryptos that I like better. It's just a way to get some free uh, stuff that you don't have. Uh, but if you're really worried about Liberty First, and I have to admit, I do need to make that transition too. It's not all about something for nothing, because uh, let's face facts, if you're using Google, uh, as your web browser, if you're using uh, Google as your search engine, actually, if you're using Chrome as your web browser, then what you're doing is you're getting something for free. And uh, as the old saying goes, if you're receiving something for free, then you're the product. 
and that is absolutely 100% true when it comes to the online activity. Uh, one of the things that Jeff had done before, he mentioned it briefly early on, and we didn't really have uh, enough time to circle back around and talk much about it, but he had created the web browser Cocoon before. And uh, one of the more interesting things about Cocoon, and that's when I first became familiar with his work before I realized who he was, uh, is they actually allowed you an opportunity to you be the one to cash in on your data. Uh, that uh, the marketing was available, did all the same things that uh, the Chromes and the, uh, uh, what is it, uh, I should know it. Uh, <laughs> one of my daughters uh, loves it as their browser instead. Uh, what is it? I want to say GoDaddy, but that, that's not it. It's something similar to that. Anyway, uh, <laughs> But yeah, regardless of what browser you're on, if, if you're not paying for it, then you are the product. And uh, yeah, the great thing about uh, Jeff's mindset is he believes that your data is your data. And uh, they uh, went well out of their way to make sure that if you chose to give up your level of privacy, uh, that you could make some money there. And uh, one of the things that I heard in one of the other interviews that he gave as I was doing my prep work, as a good little radio host should do, was that uh, there may be a time in the future as Tusk continues to advance and grow once they have the uh, the uh, uh, search engine uh, completed, where they may introduce that same idea to Tusk that uh, they had, had been running with with Cocoon. Anyway, I just uh, I find a lot of his stories uh, to be interesting, and I thought and hoped that you guys would as well. That's going to be it for the first hour. A quick reminder that I'm going to play the remainder of my Sunday afternoon conversation with Ron Edwards uh, for the majority of the second hour. So don't go anywhere if you're listening to the podcast. And if you are listening on Terrestrial Radio, uh, be sure to tune in again tomorrow to hear that part of the conversation. And meanwhile, don't take my word for it. Definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort. And most importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth uh, and uh, hey joe this is tim tap let's go
This is Tim Tapp. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, let's go. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth.
the damn UN. Hello and welcome to today's broadcast of Tap to the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you as always, I am your ever so humble and mostly peaceful host, Tim Tap, coming to you live from historic Rome County, Tennessee. So very glad to have you here with me. Now, if you're listening on terrestrial radio, uh, it's important for you to know that the time of the live broadcast just so happened to have been August the 30th, 2022, and this is the second hour of this broadcast. Uh, back in the first hour, if you missed it, because obviously if you listen to terrestrial radio, it's all rebroadcast in every station that's carrying us right now, does it in one hour increments, Monday through Friday. Uh, the actual time of the day depends on what station you're listening to. Uh, but back in the first hour, uh, I had a very, uh, very good conversation with Jeff uh, Vermant. He is the uh, founder of Tusk. And uh, if you missed that, I highly recommend you uh, go wherever you listen to podcasts, track down uh, uh, this uh, broadcast, uh, tap into the truth, and listen to the podcast. Again, that conversation took place back in the first hour, so it'll be pretty easy to find. Now, the other side of this is the fact that if you're listening to the podcast, then you heard a little funky blurb uh, where my usual transition, it kind of got messed up. And uh, instead of being able to blame it on tech issues and whatever, no, that was just me. I, I bumped the wrong button as I was trying to move around to do something else. Flub that up. Now, if you're listening on terrestrial radio, you're not going to hear it. Uh, in fact, if you're listening over on the last frequency, uh, uh, it happened during the segment where uh, good old Doug is going to be uh, putting in local stuff for the uh, last frequency, so you guys didn't get to hear it. But if you're listening to the podcast, you heard it. That was me. Uh, apologies. Uh want to remind everybody to come uh, follow me over on Rumble. I'll put a link in the show description uh, to Rumble. Uh, there's a link in the show description for uh, Built Bar, as we uh, ran that ad back in the first hour. And uh, I will have a link to Tusk in the show description as well uh, for those of you that are at the podcast. Now, uh, if I'm going to do any of this, I need to go ahead and get started because I had a rather long Sunday afternoon conversation with Ron Edwards this past Sunday. I did not fit it all into the Sunday uh, show. So I'm going to continue now. So the majority of this second hour is going to be the continuation and the completion of the Sunday afternoon conversation with Ron. So keep in mind, if anything sounds terribly dated by the time you hear it, that's the reason why. It was already a few days later <laughs> by the time I put this on. All right, so stay where you're at. Hope you enjoy it, and uh, don't go anywhere. Uh, here's my conversation with Ron Edwards. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for staying with me through that break. As you should know by now, today's guest is Ron Edwards of the Edwards Notebook and the Ron Edwards American Experience, uh, a fine talk show that you can hear Monday through Friday. Uh, you got to go to theronedwards.com to find out exactly where your best opportunity to follow on your preferred platforms. That's where you'll be able to do it. Uh, Ron, again, thank you so much for giving up such a big chunk of your time here on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, although a lot of folks will be hearing this after the fact. Uh, in fact, at this point, I would imagine this part of the conversation, uh, they'll probably, uh, the folks that are listening to the rebroadcast on terrestrial radio, will be hearing this part of the show on uh, Tuesday. So 
you know, it's a couple of days out. Who knows how many crazy things have happened since this discussion. But it's important for them to know uh, this is a discussion from the past, guys. So <laughs> a window through time. Uh, Ron, real quick, uh, remind everybody one more time where they can find your work. Sir. Well, you can find my work by simply going to theronedwards.com, and there you will find where and what time the Ron Edwards American Experience is uh, located or where it's being broadcast from. And um, got some a little bit of good news I'd like to share with you, Tim. I've uh, been picked up by a Phoenix Broadcasting, and uh, they just uh, contacted me. Um, it was, in fact, it was yesterday, and uh, they they wanted to start adding my shows and the commentaries as well. Just, you know, to these people, and the reason why I brought it up, Tim, is – I keep hearing from people, there's no opportunity for you if you're a minority. If you have brown skin, if you're a black guy, there's no opportunities. They don't want you. And I'm living proof, my friends, that, um, you know, as, as long as the left does not is not allowed to destroy this country, this will always be a land of opportunity for those who decide to put in the work. And, yeah, you have to have some patience and you have to keep grinding away and uh, believe in what you're doing. You can make a good go of it if you put in the effort. And I, I just um, – it's one of the reasons why I really appreciate this country and appreciate my dad who taught me that and really dr drilled that into me so that I would not be sidetracked by those who are of the negative mindset that, uh, hey, you just have to hate America. And uh, when the white man says – the leftist white man, that is, says, hey, here's a trinket, here's a biscuit, here's a chunk of cheese – Here's a handout, and then you're there like a clapping seal ooh, 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 to take it and then vote as a Democrat. You know, that's not life, Tim. That's that's just mere existence, and uh, you're just putting yourself in a position of being a slave, and that's what they want to make out of all of us. It was uh, Mr. Schwab who not long ago said that he wanted to make us all poor and to make us like it. That was gangster talk. Yeah. Yep, you will own nothing, and you will like it. And, hey, while you're at it, uh, here's some bugs. Why don't you try eating those? <laughs> yum, yum. Get those crickets while you can. Hey, I, I hear there's a great new worm burger coming to restaurants near you. I, that was an, literally an, argue, <laughs> uh, an article I saw just uh, before we started having our conversation. I was like, ew. <laughs> nice, nice fat earthworms or caterpillars? Uh, these look like uh, some type of caterpillar in the picture, but you know, sometimes the uh, pictures that go with the articles aren't always what they're talking about. Uh, <laughs> and uh, they weren't very clear exactly what type of worms, so I guess, uh, you know, a good example of not the greatest of journalism, but <laughs> no surprise there either. All right, well... You know, first, congratulations on uh, the new network picking up. Uh, great job as always, sir. I'm glad to hear that the reach is growing yet further. So congratulations. And uh, what do you say we uh, we talk a little bit about this situation that happened to Representative uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene? Uh, if anybody out there that is listening still hasn't heard, mm. she was the victim of not one but two swatting events uh, yeah. in, what was that, th within three days' time, so it was uh, yeah. less. 
Uh, and for anybody that's not familiar, and I know if if you don't stay up with the hip lingo, maybe you haven't heard this before, but swatting is what the kids are calling when somebody calls in a prank uh, to the police so that they can get tactical units showing up, and they're hoping that SWAT teams will actually show up, so that's why they call it swatting. Uh, but the point of the matter is that even if you just get officers at an elevated alert status, they're showing up. It's usually uh, late at night. Uh, they're banging on the doors. They're demanding you to open the doors. There's not a lot of discussion. And if you happen to be a Second Amendment uh, practicing gun owner, all you know is somebody noisy is outside. And, uh, you don't know. This has led to people getting killed before. It's led to people getting hurt before. And it is unfortunately something that is now being used to target against politicians who maybe have more conservative values. Like in the case with Miss Green, the first one, uh, the person who actually is responsible has come forward and said that they did it because they disagree with uh, her views on LGBTQ because she was trying to pass some type of bill that would prevent uh, allowing shared bathrooms and things of that nature. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, here we are once again seeing the left elevating to violence, doing things that endanger the lives of others, and yet there's no real effort to hold them accountable. But if you and I just say something like, it's time to go beat the snot out of somebody, they'd be knocking on our door the next day saying, you just advocated violence. Uh, <laughs> it's a scary time. But uh, first of all, your thoughts on uh, these uh, swatting events as a phenomenon just to start with. Well, um, the, and many of those officers that showed up were probably more than happy to do it. And they probably got a thrill that they knew that they were shaking up or going after Miss Marjorie Taylor Greene because most of your uh, many of your SWAT team members, many of your even police officers now are leftists. And uh, so we are really almost all on our own now. And I really feel sorry for her because uh, she has from day one, as far as I know, maybe someone knows something different. Um, I doubt it, though, but you know, just for sake of argument. Um, ever since uh, she's come onto the scene, she has done nothing that but speak up for we the people, speak against what is, you know, going on that is um, uh, being utilized to destroy our republic from within. And uh, three times in less than a week, on Friday night, she announced the, the, the incident and... Um, this is just this is sick stuff. And like you said, uh, Tim, anytime you're a, a politician, a government official and you happen to, oh, I don't know, like the Constitution, like the people want us to live well, uh, believe in God. Oh, my. And God forbid the Constitution. You believe that we should adhere to that. Holy moly. Of course, police arrived and the situation was quickly diffused. Thank God. Um, then they received a call from a computer-generated voice, which said that they were upset with Green's proposal to criminalize transgender surgeries and hormone therapies for children. 
That was on Thursday's episode. So it just goes on and on and on. And like you said, it has happened to others. She happens to be more, one of the more famous individuals that this has happened to. Uh, this happens on in local uh, situations where people are getting bullied, even when for a few minutes uh, out of the decade, when people thought that uh, Mitch McConnell was on the right side on something, when he was out to eat and he was accosted at a restaurant and he had to get out of there, um, these people and have to be put down, have, they have to be stopped. But here's the thing, when it comes to the Second Amendment, and you mentioned something very key, um, if you're a Second Amendment type and you see, you hear somebody just bang on your door and it seems sounds like they're breaking in, your duty basically, because you're usually going you're going to protect your family, is to grab your 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 tool and utilize it to, for protection. And so I think this is also going to be becoming more of a practice to go after people who are Second Amendment supporters as a way to show the Second Amendment folks you ain't got nothing. And I think it's another tactic of intimidation. And that is why, to this day, uh, people all over this country in almost every state are getting abused by illegals, by knuckle draggers, because uh, they're against strong law enforcement to go after criminals. Women are getting sliced, raped, beaten up. Old men are getting bashed in the head. Uh, gentleman in, in the street of New York, you, I'm sure you've seen the video. The guy just walks up behind him and cold cocks him. Yeah. Uh, these kinds of things are happening because, hey, our side is being, um, I don't know how to put, uh, kind of uh, neutralized in our ability to protect ourselves. Because the other side, which is the government, is showing us, hey, we have more than you do. And you dare pick up a gun. We will drill you like like the G-Men did Bonnie and Clyde. And so um, uh, and it, it's, 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 it's really becoming a, a tight issue here where, yeah, they say that, well, the world's largest army are the American people. But we don't have the will to fight for ourselves for the most part. Some of a few of us do, but most don't. There's a chemical warfare that is weakening men in this country, the resolve of men to be men in this country. If you don't believe me, go grab some meat at your local Kroger or what is the one in the South that's really big? Uh, I had to go to one just because it was in the movie and I just wanted to go in that grocery store, Piggly Wiggly or something like that. Um <laughs> We we do have some Piggly Wigglies. They're not yeah. one of the big ones anymore, but uh, there's still some around. Yeah. Yeah, but go in there. And the reason why I name those is because you'll find a lot of meat that isn't organic or whatever, grass-fed. And break it down. Go, go, go to your chemist and break it down, and you'll see a lot of estrogen that has been injected into the meat. And so the general resolve of men is, is has been watered down massively. And so you don't have the stand-up guys generally. I mean, there are some. You're one. Trump is one. And there's a few of us. But for the most part, American men are weak and droopy daffodils. Um, when it comes to fighting strong against evil, 
Now, that will cut each other off at the, at the ankles like uh, Kensinger does and, and, and Lizard Cheney. But when it comes to fighting evil, we're very uh, weak. And that's why so many Republicans drop off, dropped off and turned on Trump because they did not want – they did not want to – what? To seriously go after evil? Oh, my goodness. So they had to cut – they had to undercut Trump. And this – I know it seems like I've gone way off the, the – the, 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 um, the ranch here in what I'm saying, but it, it ties in, in my opinion, uh, Tim. It, it really does. I, I think you're right. It is a big part of that. It is kind of the uh, we're going to change the way you think about stuff, because how many of these people are going to get shot and killed? How many of uh, police officers are going to get hurt uh, by people who think they're defending themselves from a break in before you guys realize that it's just time to to undo the Constitution altogether. I mean, we had the big op-ed in the New York Times uh, this past week with the two law professors, one from Harvard, one from Yale, talking about how it's broken and uh, it shouldn't be reclaimed. It's like the only reason the Constitution is broken is because you guys are refusing to acknowledge it. And it works damn well when you let it. Uh, That's the real issue here. But, you know, as you were saying that, the thought occurs to me, too, that maybe this is their way to try to get us, the conservative side, to join them in defunding the police kind of mentality because we can't trust them anyway. Uh, And I'm reminded that, historically speaking, the founders, they weren't really big on the idea of a standing army and they weren't real big on having an armed police force either because they were always afraid that at some point if tyranny arose – those would be arms of the government and that they would be hurting the individual uh, people. Although uh, I kind of like the idea of honest and forthright individuals that are in it for the right reasons, doing the job as they're defined. Problem is they're not allowed to do that anymore. Uh, Do you think there is a possibility where they're trying to shift the defund the police narrative where conservatives are joining in by virtue of this? Because we're seeing this. It's happening a lot, Ron. Uh, It's just the uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene bit uh, is one of the most recent examples, and it seems really extreme because, you know, maybe that first time they didn't know who lived there, but there was no way in hell they didn't know by the time they were showing up the second time, let alone for the third. Of course, it, it, this is an effort. This is uh, this is what they want to do. And of course, it is seeping in on our side, because if it wasn't seeping in on our side, I, I believe I, I can't prove it because it didn't happen. But I believe it, if it hadn't seeped in on, on our side, Trump would be president. We would have a sealed border. We would not have this effort to basically replace the local police departments with a national police force. This is this is when I first read about this as a real young guy. When I started voting the first time during the Reagan years, um, I learned then that the effort, the long term goal was to get rid of the local police force, to discredit them. And people would fall in line and support a national police force just as they fell in line and and and. And, and, and supported a national education system. Um, and so, you know, but we can stop it. I believe we can stop it, but more people have to know what I'm saying and be willing to say it publicly. And especially people running for office who have, you know, have, have the position to say it to a lot of people at one time face to face. But it's got to be said, it's got to be spoken about, it's got to be talked about by folks like yourself and others with talk shows. 
It has to become part of the, the uh, lexicon, part of the uh, conversation so that we can combat this. Yeah, I think it really started sinking in to me how dangerous this was going to be uh, when I was actually listening to uh, a uh, broadcast of Tim Pool. Uh, now, I I listen in there just to kind of get a temperature of how things are going because he talks to everybody. He's kind of uh, – I have a lot of respect for Tim Pool. I don't agree with a lot of his politics, but the fact that he calls out people on the left uh, a lot uh, it, it allows me to uh, recognize that he's coming from a point of view where at least he stands on his principles and a lot of what he says and believes makes sense. And uh, the things that we disagree on are things that are small enough that I think we could have that conversation and he wouldn't just completely disrespect the opposite side. So with all that being said, I do occasionally listen in, but there was actually a time uh, where in the process of him conducting his shows, he's been swatted at least twice now uh, during occasions when they were in the middle of broadcast. And uh, it, it occurs to me that if these people find out where uh, you're living at, if they find out where you're working from, they can do this at the drop of a hat for any reason at all. And it just puts so many people's lives in danger who never should be placed in danger, including a bunch of folks that are, innocent bystanders in whatever your little beef with this individual is. So you're absolutely right. We all need to stand together on this. And it's not just affecting uh, folks on the right like you and I. Uh, Tim Pool, I don't think he's like an uber lefty by any means, uh, because otherwise he wouldn't be willing to call out the left. But he's just slightly left of center, uh, enough that it would behoove him to get a little more life experience to fill in those gaps. But I, I think he's at least reasonable and he's willing to change his point of view based on facts. So when I see the left attacking him, which actually when we talk about the, the last uh, today's pillar, we're going to be talking about something else with Tim Pool today. It's oddly enough, but it was in that moment, Ron, I saw this situation occur. And it's like, if they're targeting Tim Pool a guy who's really one of them for the most part, but just isn't willing to sit back and take all the BS spoon fed to him is willing to think critically. They're willing to attack him like that and to put him and his crew and his guest in danger in harm's way. Is there really anybody that's safe? The only people that are safe are people like Kinzinger, Lizard Cheney, the far left, the obviously far left, Democrats, uh, the CCP, <laughs> uh, that's about it, because uh, these same people hate Putin just as much. And I've, and I've said this to you and I've said this to other people and I got a side eye in a recent interview and I don't care. And I said this and I'll say it on your show. I trust Putin more than I do anybody. And I mean anybody in the Democrat Party and even some Republicans. And I, I did state out why. I didn't just leave it there. They asked me, well, why would you say something like that? Well, I explained why. And it was based upon facts, actions, and what has been said. Right. Yeah. And when you when it comes to taking them at their word, I, I do believe you can take uh, Vladimir Putin at his word way better than any of these folks. But you know what, Ron? You said uh, Kinsinger and... Uh, 
Cheney are probably safe. I don't think they are. I think they were useful idiots and are still useful idiots for the cause of the left. But there's already been a ton of folks that have come out and said that they are no allies to the left and that they're not heroes by any means. So I, I don't think they're any safer than they were. Now, they may be doing this to try to get that kind of cover, yeah. but they're not going to get that kind of grace. Because, again, how many folks from the left have we seen that have disagreed on one topic of the agenda and suddenly they're ostracized? Even... Uh, the Harry Potter author has found herself castigated by the left because she has the unmitigated gall to say that women are women and men cannot become women. And that's the one thing she disagrees with these uber leftists on. The one and only thing that there's any disagreement. And she is a villain in their eyes. Uh, there's no way that Liz Cheney... She doesn't get the grace from the left because of who her daddy is. And he, even though he's not any better than she is, uh, is still looked at as being Darth Vader about the left. Uh, well, let's see. I, 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 I respectfully disagree with that because there's a public. See, there's public and private. And see, Cheney, the Bushes, um, people of that ilk. And now Kensinger, yeah, they're safe, and I'll explain why. Yeah, publicly, you know, they, they, they'll, they'll say they're disparaging remarks, this, that, and the other, womp, 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 womp. But here's the thing. People like Daddy Cheney, the Bushes, remember, it was the Bush family that went after John Kennedy, along with Lyndon Baines Johnson. And they're tied in with the Masonic Order and they're in the and the and the globalist movement together. And that's why I say that they're safe. Because it goes beyond just being a an American Democrat. See, you can be a Democrat or Republican, but if you're tied in with the globalist um Masonic Order uh, crowd, the globalist crowd, yes, you are protected. Henry Kissinger, longtime Republican. He's in the same class, more intelligent, but in the same class as Dick Cheney or George. Well, he's dead now, but George H.W. Bush was in that crowd. George W. Bush is now in that crowd. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're all together. So, yeah, I stick, stick by what I said that, yeah, Lizard Cheney is safe um, because of her daddy's connections, this, that and the other. As are a few other Republicans, I know Mitch McConnell is safe because he has, like a genius, has fooled people for how many years? He, you know, he's he's the Republican side of of, of this New World Order movement yeah. and communist movement, and he was there, put there to pretend we're yeah we we pretend that that we're against what the democrats are doing but always try to make sure that we're in the in the minority so that we can spout off and say the right things but oh we just can't do it because we don't have that majority help us get the majority and this is a game that mitch and others have been playing for a long time and yeah people like that are very very safe yep i don't have a flaw with your logic but I do think that we are going to have to kind of respectfully disagree with one another just because. Anything more than 10 years ago, yes, sir, you are absolutely 100% correct. But in the course of this last decade, especially in the last four years or so, 
I think we have seen where the left has become so successful at unhinging so many individuals, at detracting some of these folks from reality, that there are far too many dangerous people that they simply are not able to control. And a lone wolf incident may be able to overcome their globalist security. Uh, I think it's just they've been too good at making their own worst enemies, uh, hoping to target us with them. But some of these folks, you know, you just wind them up, turn them loose. Every now and then they manage to turn back around. Uh, I, I don't think they're necessarily safe from this type of behavior. Uh, now, will the results be the same if there, somebody tries to swat Liz Cheney as it was with Marjorie Taylor Greene? Uh, absolutely not. But that doesn't mean that somebody's not going to randomly show up uh, on your doorstep like they did with a certain uh, U.S. Supreme Court justice by the name of Kavanaugh uh, and with the uh, intention of just hurting people. And the only thing that stopped that from happening was the fact that there was armed security at the spot where dude was walking up. Uh, there's not always going to be that deterrent there. And some of these folks are not only going to be just a little bit disconnected, but I think some of them are going to be smart enough to actually plan ahead. And hey, they're paying attention to the leftist playbook, right? <laughs> they're seeing how the FBI is acting and doing and treating folks. They're seeing how uh, all this is working out. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I just... I don't think they're as safe as they would have been a decade ago. Maybe I should just state it like that. Uh, Ron, I'll let you have the last word on that, and then we've got to get to the pillar, or we're just not going to have time at all. <laughs> well, you know, well, you know something. I'll I'll just leave it where it is because I respectfully disagree with your final assessment. Even though logically, <laughs> I can't knock that you what you just said, and we'll just see how it plays out. I. I would rather that we both be wrong and the, the right just comes to the fore and we win this war. Yeah. And um, I'd gladly be wrong. I'd be happy as, 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 as a lark that if we could just win this war, our side, and, and just move on and get back to restoring this great republic. Absolutely. I think uh, I think it's good right leave it right there because we both agree again. So there we go. <laughs> You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. Hey, Joe. They say building back better make America great. If that's a wave of the future, all I've got to say. Stick your progress where the sun don't shine. Keep your big mess away from me and mine. If you leave us alone, well, we'd all be just fine. Could it be there is a Klaus Schwab school for coronavirus dictators and a great reset plot? Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. Economist Ernst Wolf believes that a hidden alliance of political and corporate leaders continue to exploit the scamdemic with the aim of crashing national economies. Let's not forget, Mr. Schwab stated that he intends to make us poor and make us like it. But how else do you explain more than 190 nations from all over the globe ended up dealing with the pandemic in almost exactly the same manner? With lockdowns, mask mandates, and vaccination cards, 
now being commonplace almost everywhere. The answer may lie in the Young Global Leaders School, which was established and managed by Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum, and that most of today's prominent political and business leaders passed through there on their way to the top. I believe that if allowed, individuals like Klaus Schwab, every U.S. leftist Democrat and rhino, and many more will, willing to plunge we the people into utter never-ending misery. But the globalists tend to forget they are not God. Thus, it would be wise to seek God and secure liberty. I'm Ron Edwards. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. I, I do not view abortion as a, uh, um, as a choice and a right. I think it's always a tragedy. And I think that uh, it should be uh, rare and safe. And I think we should be focusing on how to limit the number of abortions. I'm so tired of trickle-down economics. I, I never found that trickle-down on top of my head very much. I was listed, I was, had the great pleasure of being listed as the poorest man in Congress for 36 years. I still had making a hell of a lot more money than anybody else because I was getting a senator's salary. No kidding. I didn't think you should make money while you're in office. Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acetic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to theronedwards.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the RE20 promo code and you will receive a 20% discount. Remember, Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. Walk to 18. Let me eat a bill bar. Let me eat a bill bar. Let me eat a bill bar. All right. 
Uh, today's pillar of society, of course, we've been talking about the seven pillars. We have gotten through most of them. Uh, we've went through the media. We've gone through free, free market economies. We went through government, family, and education. We've only got two left. Uh, today's is arts and entertainment. Uh, for the longest time, uh, Ron, we've been losing the culture war because we have allowed the leftists to control arts and entertainment in our society. That's a big part of what's helped to normalize all the negative aspects of what's going on in the country. And you're literally at a point now where if you are an actor and you come out as a conservative, if you haven't already established your career, you're done. You're not getting any more work. And you're going to see a lot of folks try to keep you from getting future work anyway. Uh, if you're a musician, if you come out and you're patriotic in your stuff, again, if you haven't already made a name for yourself, your career is done. I mean, even in country music now, if you haven't already got a solid name where most of the listeners are still as patriotic as ever and love good patriotic music. I mean, we're talking about Lee Greenwood, God Bless the USA. That's not a song that could get recorded today unless you're Lee Greenwood and already have a string of uh, number one hits where people are going to be a little more willing to let you work. Um, we even have a situation, Elron. I, I told you, I don't know if you've had a chance to hear about this at all. It's completely on the periphery, not a particularly important thing, but I mentioned Tim Pool earlier. Tim Pool's also in a band, and that's not uh, something that a lot of people are aware of, but uh, they released a new single just a couple of days ago. And, you know, it's a soft, sad boy rock kind of song. And you can look it up on YouTube if you want to. It's not a great song, but it's not a bad song. It's just kind of a a, a slow power ballad rock song uh, with the influences that he had. He was a skater when he was younger, so you can kind of tell the musical influences. But because he has been blackballed by the left because he calls them out on his show, there's been a lot of push to try and attack the song, uh, not because of the quality of the song, but just because, hey, it's Tim Pool, blah, 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 blah. And, and all this is an example of what makes arts and entertainment important for building your culture. And that's why I'm happy to see folks like Daily Wire uh, building up a full media company, not just doing conservative uh podcasting and conservative radio broadcasts, but actually doing full-blown uh, movie stuff and things that aren't necessarily uh, smack you in the face, preachy, preachy conservative, but things that do not contradict conservative values. Uh, and I don't know if you've had a chance to see any of the stuff that they've done over there, but they've got some really good movies that they've done so far. Uh, Run, Hide, Fight, I really enjoyed. And uh, the new uh, Gina Carano movie that's not that new now. Uh, it, the uh, I can't think of the title of it, but it was a, a really good Western movie. It falls in line with some of the old school Westerns. Uh, they're doing good work over there, but they're trying to take the culture back, again, through arts and entertainment. Uh, but as I often do with this segment, I want you to tell the listeners, first of all, how do you define the importance of arts and entertainment when it comes to being a pillar of society? Well, just like everything else, um, man, we need, you know, light moments. Um, entertainment arts is very important. 
and even in intellectual development, uh, you go back to the original arts uh, of recognition, the classical arts and in particular, which I'm most impressed with, uh, the days of Mozart and, and, and uh, Bach and, and all of those guys, uh, Tchaikovsky and, and, and the like, and even George Sell, who was probably the greatest American composer. Uh, I think he died in the late 60s, I believe. But um, Leonard Bernstein comes to, 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 uh, to the fore as well. You know, entertainment is meant, music is, is, is a healing. Uh, music is, uh, it lifts the spirit. It, that's what music was, um, was originally meant to be. It was also utilized to, to worship our, our, our Heavenly Father. Um, it was also used to uh, help teach young people math. Believe it or not, if you learn piano, classic piano, that helps you with your math. And that was the part of the re- original intent of uh, edu- of uh, entertainment and, and and arts, particularly the arts, as it's as it were. And you had the plays and things beginning in in earnest under um, Shakespeare of Great Britain, and um, it was supposed to be uplifting. When you leave a play, you should feel good. You should feel like, wow, I got something out of that that I wasn't burned down spiritually or whatever, like a lot of the things that are going on today. So the original purpose of the arts was to uplift, to also edify, to help educate or help in the education process, stimulate your your brain. That's one of the qualities of, uh, for instance, uh, particularly Mozart. You listen to that, your, your brain is actually improved. And if you listen to it continuously, we used to have it in the background while we would study, especially I needed it, especially for uh, for math. But uh, it does help. Conversely, if you listen to some of the rap songs and some of the uh, um, latter R&B songs, if you look at the beats or listen to the beats, rather, these are beats that are anti-intellectual development. You can tell, oh, my gosh, just a repetitive. You can tell it's stupid because it does. You, if you listen to it to a few minutes, for a few minutes, you don't feel that good. It's like, oh, Lord, have mercy. Um, I doubt if you get this in your in your neighborhood. But if someone is uh, you ever hear someone, you, they're driving down the street and you hear this. <clears throat> it's super loud in your house. So you can imagine how loud it is for the person that's driving the car, and they'll often have their windows closed in the in the car. It's not allowed where I live, but you know somebody tries to sneak through every once in a while, boom, 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 and it's stupefying. And most of the people that continuously listen to that all the time, they are degrading. They're literally degrading their brains. I'm not I'm not going on my pos, my position on the type of music or anything like that. I'm talking about scientifically. So art can be used to uplift, to enhance the intellect, or it can, as it is being utilized today, to destroy society. And that is a lot of what you're you're witnessing today. Uh, probably if you go into certain neighborhoods in Memphis, you'll hear that and you'll see how the people are living in, in those areas that, that, that uh, promote and love 
that kind of music. When rap music first came out, just to give you a good example, it was clean. It was fun. It was uplifting. And it didn't have just one continuous stupid beat. But when the white liberals, Jewish white liberals, really got, got a grip on things and told the, uh, the black rappers, if you don't go dirty, go after the females, go, just go nasty and dirty, you won't have a contract. That's how this started. It wasn't that these guys automatically came in dirty. They didn't. But when the white liberals or the Jewish liberals who ran the entertainment industry in that part of the, in that area told them, you go dirty or you go home. So they went home and I mean, they didn't go home. They, they went dirty and then they stayed home, dirty. And then the criminals who were already dirty got into it. The criminal oriented guys. And the rest is history. That is why. And I always wondered why this happened. Another music example. Talk about entertainment. When the Jackson 5 came out. They were given an award by Congress as being a great example to American youth. They were the most popular American group of their era. They ruled the airwaves. The second group in popularity in that genre, the Osmonds. I don't think they got an award, but they were highly loved for their innocent appearance, this, that, and the other. They were clean. And... I was told, I was told by a music producer that the controllers of the, of the music industry were going to destroy the Jackson 5 because while they expected them to be record sellers, they didn't expect them to be global and have an impact on the females. They were the first black group to be idolized across the, the spectrum, white, black, whatever, Japan, throughout the world on the level of the, of the Beatles. And they were, they were, they were not forgiven. They were like, Oh, we're going to have to destroy them. And following all of that hubbub came the rap music. They had got to dirty it up because they, the liberal leftist whites who ruled entertainment did not want you people like you, Tim tap knowing that black boys or black young men could be seen in a positive light like that like the monkeys or the Beatles or whatever. And they were rated. Uh, the number one boy band of all time is the, uh, the Beatles. Number two is the monkeys and number three is the Jackson five. And, and uh, it's arguably there too, in some, in some circles. So, I mean, these is the, and these are rated by white public publications. Yeah. And so it, it can be used either for good or for evil. And most of it today is used for evil, unless you are like me and you just force yourself to, to go back and you, you, you I just listen to classical music or good or positive Christian music and things of that nature. But uh, for the most part, and, 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 and so while it doesn't seem on the surface to be very important because it is entertainment, it is very, very important because it can, because it is so highly impactful. Look at um, Disney World. Speaking of entertainment, I knew not to go to Disney World years and years ago. 
I was there. I went down with 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 friends and 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 one of my sisters. I wouldn't go. I was the only one that wouldn't go. I said I don't feel I don't feel right going in there. I don't I. I, and there was no, there were no stories about uh, all the, that has come out in recent years, nothing like that. I, in my gut, uh, just said, you know, I don't want to go. I'll go to, well, I'll go to Universal Studios tomorrow. You know, there's plenty of things I can do, and I'll meet you all later. And and um, you know, I just said, I don't, you know, the mouse is cool, but I just feel funny. And it turns out I was right. But, you know, that, that's something that's called discernment. And most Americans don't have that because they're so entertained in a, in, a, in a way that helps the government school systems in stupefying people. If you're listening to what on a regular basis to what is now called entertainment and you take that in. You're, you're going to be spiritually damaged. That's that's by design. And also movies. We watched a movie last night. Uh, Kevin Hart was the star. And I said, oh, my God. I said, oh, I can't repeat it. Um, it it's it's it was horrible. They promoted everything from transgenderism, transgenderism for children. I mean, one of his uh, girls said, um, oh, "I can't even say it." Anyway, the question is, do I have a male organ? Because you know she's a little girl, and the the, the question came up because of what. His friend who came, you know, contacted him, was talking, yak, yak, yak. And the little girl said, well, do I have one of those? And Kevin Hart goes, no, but, you know, when you get older and if you want one, you can get an operation. (laughs) And, and, you know, and that's just one of many, many examples to this. And I'm like, I was like, I was grossed out. I was like, oh, my God. And I, you know, and I I never thought that... uh, Kevin Hart, but that's what they do. You have this 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 character, this individual who seems cool. You think it's a family movie, you know all the characters. It's a family. It is. A, it's actually an intact family: husband, wife, the children. They have a tortoise for a pet. I mean, it's all the nice setup. And then the other star, major stars, are in the movie, and you think, okay, this won't be bad. But if we had children there, we would have had to just cut it right there. And I didn't, we still didn't finish it, even though we were adults. We just, I said, I'll screw this. This this isn't worth it. And so entertainment is like used, is being used as another um, avenue by the government to destroy the moral pillars of society, the the morality. Because when you, let's say if if we had... um, looked at it and laughed and thought it was funny. And you would see when you laugh at whether it's really genuinely funny or not, or if it's trash, you ingest that into your spirit. You're accepting that, 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 that laughing is, is a form of accepting. (laughs) And you're getting along with that. There was no laughing in our house. And we eventually moved on. But most people would, because it it was ta- done in a talented way and blah, 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 they would have just said, <laughs> that, that, you know, some people might have said, oh, that's not right. But they would have kept going because of the talent level. Yeah. Also, the, uh, 
the crowd mentality too. Everybody wants to be a part of uh, what's the coolest new thing. Uh, the uh, peer peer pressure comes into play too. But yeah, I mean, like I said right at the onset, uh, arts and entertainment is one of the most deceptively important pillars because it is used to normalize whatever your society represents. There was once upon a time that Hollywood was the envy of the world because yep. we were making American movies about American characters who were American heroes. Uh, the cops were the good guys. The military were the good guys. And even if you had a flawed character, they still made the right choices. Uh, the whole idea that you portraying uh, well-told stories, but that you still portray uh, the uh, the arc of the characters so that your heroes were still clearly heroes when it was all said and done and that your villains maybe had an opportunity at redemption, whether they chose to take it or not. Uh, you know, you can tell great stories without having to normalize negative things. And one of the most harmful things to our current uh, societal existence has been Hollywood, uh, has been companies like Disney and MGM and folks that have done a lot of really good stuff in the past. But right now, anything modern, you have to kind of shake your head and look at. And in a lot of ways, I'm happy that Netflix is having to reduce how much money they're spending on new programming because most of the programming they've offered has been woke crap. And uh, I'm also happy to see Amazon uh, moving forward with stuff like The Terminal List, which is markedly not woke and is macking everybody in the face with the fact that we don't care what you say, lefties. This is the kind of stuff we like. That'll send a message. That still gives me hope. Ron, we are quickly, quickly running past the hour and a half mark. You have been far too generous with me today, sir. I appreciate it, and I'm going to respect your time and your family time, and we're going to kind of wind things down. But before we do, I want you one more time, uh, any final closing thoughts on anything we've talked about today you'd like to hear? I would just like to encourage parents to become more cognizant of and more determined and making sure that their children are not so infected by what is called entertainment today. I understand um, sometimes when you lay down the law and say, no, we're not going to do this. We're not going to listen to this, Johnny or Jane or whatever. And for the moment, you know, they'll give you the side eye. They may not. Oh, you whatever. They may even be a little disrespectful, which you need to check. Don't be afraid to stand up for what is right in, in regards to entertainment, parents, because in the long run, by just doing that and setting that principle, uh, even if at the time your, your children are angry with you or whatever, you have to do it for their own good, for their own sake in the long run. Being a parent is not all about appeasement. It is about properly raising your children and one of the main elements is making sure that they're properly entertained because what you allow your children to be entertained with and by today dictates a lot of how they will think in the future and how they will raise their children and so on and so on. Will they raise children who are cursed or blessed? And that's up to you today, parents. Yeah. 
And, of course, whether they'll raise children at all, because if the current uh, entertainment uh, forces have their way, they may very well be chemically uh, castrated and oh. surgically mutilated before they have the chance. Uh, Ron, again, thank you so much for uh, giving me so much of your time. Uh, as always, sir, uh, God bless, Godspeed, and keep up all the great work. And uh, let's get together again soon. Well, sir, it's always a good time. So time flies when you're having fun. So thanks for the invite and, and Godspeed to you and your audience. All right. Thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Mr. Ron Edwards. And uh, we'll be right back. And we are back just in time for me to say goodbye. But remember, don't take my word for it. Definitely, definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort and most importantly, Use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. I'm out for now, but we'll be back soon. This is Tim Tap. Let's go, Brandon. Hey. Let's go, Brandon. Hey. Let's go, let's go. Hey. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. You know what they say, Let's go,
is using both hands. <laughs> <laughs> 